This is a podcast from Rover. This is Rex Real Exchange online on podcast and on Magic Radio. Well, Mark Ford works for the New Zealand Wool Classes Association. Her interest in wool started when she was an ag journalist for the Waikato Times and she married a shearer and spent lots of time in wool sheds, funnily enough, becoming a wool classer herself. And she joins us now. Welcome onto the show, Mark. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you. Tell us about the Wool Classes Association. When was it formed and, and what does it do? Okay, um, I'm registrar for the association, um, which means that I'm a part-time employee and we just have another part-time employee as well. Everyone else is um, voluntary. The association was formed in 2006, I'm told. Um, I didn't have a lot to do with it then. I was busy out there classing. Um, It took over from the wool board. The wool board used to oversee wool classing and wool graining and, and training and, and the registration program and manage the the wool classes register. Um, but obviously the wool board was disestablished. Um, so the new entity, Meat and Wool New Zealand, took over the industry good activities, um, including the Wool Classes Association. But I think very quickly decided that it needed to be an industry organisation, which is what we've got now, which was yeah formed in 2006. Mm. So we've got a we've got a board, um, we've got a board that governs, and that's classes elected by fellow classes, but it's also got the power to co-opt um, people from representatives from organisations. For example, <clears throat> the wool brokers, you know, they always have someone on the the New Zealand shearing contractors have someone on the um, the Federation of Wool Merchants have a representative on that sort of thing. So it's a it's an industry good organisation which is kind of unique because it hasn't got any commercial um, bias anywhere. We, we we just sit in there and advocate for for quality, mm. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the actual brief with the the association? Obviously, like you say. There's no outside influence. You're, you're just advocating for quality. So, what sort of things do you actually take care of? So, essentially, what what we take care of, and what what my job is to oversee the um, the register of wool classes. So, every registered wool classer and grader in the country has a um, their own unique number, and their and it's got a prefix which denotes something. So you might have heard people talk about a Kiwi stencil. That's kind of, you know, what we talk about, that it's a Kiwi stencil. Um, so that's, that's what we oversee. Um, you know, we maintain that register, and, you know, we've got numbers going way back. And um, anyone that wants to, to join the association as a class or grader, we have... Um, academic prerequisites that they have to have before they we will issue a number mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's the uh, certificate in wall technology and classing which is currently um, sits with uh, Southern Institute of Technology mm-hmm. and they also do the more recent one which is the Q course the wall clip grading course which is um, yeah, that's a uh, more recent one. Mm. You're listening to Rex Real Exchange on podcast, online, and on Magic Radio. 
We're talking with Marg Ford, talking about the art of wool classing and grading wool. Okay, so what? how much time is involved in becoming a qualified wool classer, Mark? Well, um, it's one of those old cliches, you never stop learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you if you were to um, want to get your registration to start off, which is your provisional, um, you need to do at the moment. It's a two year distance part time course, which is the certificate in wool technology, um, and the grading is a, it's a two day course, and then um, there's some follow up after that as well. Um, the real learning is out is out in the out in the um, in the sheds. And to be honest, I think these days quite a few people who become all classes do a lot of learning prior to or while they're doing that academic stuff. They're out there learning off classes, working in the shed with them, uh, say wool handlers and wool presses. Yeah. This is Rex on Magic. So, Mark, I'm a farmer. We have sheep, and uh, shearing happens on our farm. It's supposed to be happening today, but it's a little wet, and we couldn't get any dry sheep, unsurprisingly, if you saw how much mud there was around our farm. Say I wanted to become a classer, or I wanted to class our own wool. As a farmer, can I do that? Can I do the course and and get a qualification and become a registered classer, or do you have to be separate? No, um, absolutely you could, and actually we have... I don't know uh, off the top of my head exact numbers, but um, probably close to, or probably 80 or 90, I'd say, um, farmer classes. Mm -hmm. Now, the system is their prefix. It always starts with an F, and um, they don't need to do the academic prerequisite because the stencil is issued to them um, on the understanding that they only use it on wool that they either own or manage, you know, a oh. property that they're involved in. So you so couldn't you couldn't then do, go and class someone else's wool, but you could just do your own. Well, you could, but you couldn't use the stencil on it. It wouldn't be valid. It's only oh, okay. valid for your own clip. Right. Yeah, and the broker you have to get broker approval to do that, um, and then you apply to us once you've got broker approval, and then we would do a come to you and do a, what we call a shed management inspection to make sure that, you know, that that you're okay with running a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we sort of take it for granted, you know, your own wool, but, you know, there's kind of, it's, it's more than the wool, it's, it's people management as well, and that's, um, you know, that's a school of its own, yeah. So you've mentioned the stencil marks a few times, and if you go into a wool shed and you see some bales of wool, you you would see uh, various different stencil marks for wool classing and grading. What do they actually mean? So the prefixes, um, the number is unique to that person. Mm-hmm. So say mine is um, one two six zero. Um, I've just the most recent one that we've issued. I think is. Two two three one something like that, you know it's it's sequential, so so that's the number. It sort of that belongs to only that person. No one else can use it. So the it's like prefix, it's like which, all black all black number one thousand and you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's and, right. 
Um, and then the prefix is a letter. So mine is A1260, which means that I am um, qualified to put that stencil on all kinds of wool, crossbred, right. mid-micron and, and merino. Um, and say, for example, you had an owner classer who was just qualified for his crossbred or her crossbred wool, it would be FX. Mm-hmm. So, so farmer, there's a range. Crossbred. Yeah. Farmer, yeah. crossbred, yeah. yeah. Or if, if, yeah, if, I mean, what kind of wool have you got, Rebecca? Um, well, we're, we're like a Romney Texel kind of cross. Right, so yours would be FX. Yeah. If if you were if you were a merino, um, just just merino, it's the prefix is M. Yeah. And yeah. Um, for example, mid micron and merino. Yeah. It's just it's D. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, it means something, and um, it's all explained on our website. Love it. All I love it. So, I had no idea. Yeah, look, this is fascinating, isn't it, Bex? I had no idea of this either. I mean, I'd have I'd have the prefix no idea in I. Yeah, no. Hey, look, um, Mark. Last week, the market for crossbred wool lifted a little with some quality color color free wool coming to the market. I mean, you know, how important is this grading out that poor color uh, for farmers for farmers to get their wool price? I mean, do they really have to knuckle down and focus on this? Don't they to get that whiter wool? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess you have to separate out these kind of conversations, and I'm assuming you're talking about crossbred wool. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, it, it's a given, you know, the preparation level for mid-micron and merino, it's an absolute given um, that that you have to do that and 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 the, the wool always comes out better or sells better. It's more respected, I think, if it's got a, a class of stencil on it. But crossbred, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no real big expectation when it comes to that. However... Um, the comments I make are just about crossbred right now and about yep. that colour. So, yeah. um, we've had a really wet season, and that combined with the fact that um, the really low prices means that there's a, what's crept in is uh, an attitude to just chuck it all in. And so, when you when you're not when you're not taking out the higher colour parts of the fleece, like round the edges or even, you know, some of the fleece, you're going to end up sort of infecting the white fleece with the yellower fleece. So if you want really good colour, you've got to separate it out. Mm. It's that simple. It doesn't matter whether what the price is. Um, I've got a friend who separated out his second shear wool um, and... His fleece wool, so he he skirted it, he mm. and then he separated. He made two lines, second shear, which is unusual mm. to make yep. two fleece lines. Yeah. But he took the he took the yellow stuff and kept it separate, and and kept the white stuff. So he got twelve bales of the whiter stuff, yep. got a dollar sixty kilo for it. The yellow fleece wool, six bales of it, got a dollar a kilo for it. Right. So a dollar and a dollar sixty. Yeah, it's it's not not that much um, if you look at it, but it's a big difference if you look at it in percentage terms. It's worth the effort 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So really, there is no excuse. If you want yeah. to have goodwill, you must separate yeah. it out. Even though when the price is low and it's wet and it is tempting to just go, ah, oh, it's not really worth anything, I'll just chuck it all in together. You really need yeah, to actually... Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of... Yeah, there's a whole lot of spin-offs with that too because, you know, um, you, you, you're teaching the young wool handlers that they don't have to bother to, um, you know, have quality work and, and separate it out. You're risking New Zealand's really good, long-standing reputation as being a, um, a country that your crossbred, well, all your wool is really good colour. Mm. Um, yeah, th- those things are at risk at the moment. And, and and so you know I, I'm I, I totally understand the farmers you know yep. saying it's not worth anything um, we'll just chuck it all in but th- these are the you know these are these are the bigger picture things that yeah. you know we as an independent association um, involved in the wool industry we just feel we have to flag them yeah one more time sorry Mark the the, the website again so people can find out some more um, wool classes. With an S on the end, dot org dot nz, and we also have a Facebook. Yep, great, excellent. That'll be easy enough to find. There we go. That is Marg Ford. There, of course, uh, uh, Marg is uh, heavily involved in the wool industry there as the registrar for the New Zealand Wool Classes Association. dot org dot nz. Get in there and and check that out. Wool classes and uh, definitely something that uh, makes you sit back and think, doesn't it, Bex? Yeah, and I have to admit, you know, we have these conversations in the shed, and I totally understand what Marg's saying. You know, our reputation as a country, we have to keep the standard high, uh, and obviously that's what the World Classes Association is trying to do through having recognised registered classes. But the way the price is, and we just had some some wool price and don't blimmin' ask me what it was but it wasn't much yeah. um, this week you know it does get like man the cost of sharing is so high yeah. it, it is tempting um, okay so yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I reckon it was $900 more in skirting that second share what would have been the cost of the extra work doing that? I don't know. Uh, would you, but that's would have still to... such a low price for your yeah. wool though, hey? Oh, no, I know. I mean, that's what I mean. It was, doesn't seem worth it. No. If there was yeah. nine grands different in, uh, over, because she, uh, she was saying 18 bales, so what are we talking there? We're talking sort of 10,000 kilograms. So then um, you work out uh, what, kilogram, you yeah. what you would have paid someone to, to do that yeah. job as yeah. well and take that off your $900. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's what I mean, the extra the extra wool handler. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But... Yeah. The, as as Mark said, it doesn't matter that the wool. It's the it's the overall perception of our wool. We need to be doing this. I think that that's the key point here. Essentially, it's just saying take the hit. Yep, to, yeah, to and produce clean white wool. Simple as that. I do I do get her argument though, and I yeah. and I definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. think it has yeah. merit. You know, oh absolutely. But as a farmer, it is difficult to get your head past that. Yeah. The the oh, no. like depressingly oh, yeah. low uh, price. Yeah. Mind you, it's not all depressingly low across the board. That's what I'm going to add no, in there. Just I know, like, Hamish. Yes, I, I know. know this is a little I know, well, uh, but you're, you, you get less grumpy at me than Lowy used to. He'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway. Yeah, right but Lowy's just more grumpy than me in general. I'm yeah, not really yeah, a grumpy true. person. No, that's true. Right out, this is uh, Rex Royal Exchange online on podcast and on Magic. Hamish McCoy and Rebecca Greaves' team. We. Uh, the two podcasts drop every Saturday and Sunday. Next up, we're going to have a look at this. Uh, what's going on with the old kiwi fruit industry? They've had a bit of a tougher year. That's next year on Rex.